Well, today we come to the end of our study of Jonah. This is our fifth week of looking at this little prophetic book. One of the most notable features of the book is its surprising ending. It ends with an unanswered question from God. All the, through the series, we've been talking about some of the attributes of God. The whole series is called His Relentless Love. We've talked about His love. We've talked about His mercy. We've talked about His justice. We've talked about His wrath. But now that we come to the end, as the book culminates, it does so with a focus on the compassion of God, His rich compassion. Now, you remember what's happened up to this point. Jonah finally goes to Nineveh. And he preached the message that God had given him. Now, it was a message of judgment. It was a message of wrath. Basically, his sermon was 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And an amazing thing happens. The people of Nineveh responded. They believed the message and they repented from the greatest to the least of them. The king himself did. And when God saw what had happened... He was moved with compassion, and he didn't destroy the city. Well, let's pick up today in chapter 4. This is God's word. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. And there he made a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. And then the Lord God provided a vine, a plant, and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm. Yes, God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? He provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. And then when the sun came up, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed down on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the plant? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Now, we have to ask the question, what was his problem? 
Well, I'll tell you, you get a clue of that when you read what he says to God. See, he tells God, he says, God, here's the reason I tried to run from you in the first place. I, you know, first sermon I preached on this, running from God. This is why I tried to run from you, God. And the reason I ran from you was because I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. God, I knew your character. And I knew that if those people over there repented, that you were going to forgive them, you weren't going to destroy the city. Look, I'll tell you what's happened here. Jonah was resentful at God. He resented God for granting mercy to the people of Nineveh. He was filled with anger and bitterness. He literally was so angry that he wanted to die. Now, we've acknowledged all along here that these Assyrians, they were not good people. They were mean people. They were cruel. They were violent people. They were the big enemy of Israel. And Jonah loved his country. He loved his people. But his bitterness goes far deeper than that. He was bitter in his heart toward these people. He had a deep resentment toward these people. But let me take you a step further. He was also angry with God. He was bitter in the first place because God asked him to go to Nineveh. But the crowning blow came when God spared the people and granted mercy to them. You know, I've met people over the years in my ministry who said they were angry with God. And I'm always quick to point out he's the wrong person to be angry with. First of all, he loves you more than you will ever know. This whole series is, is about God's relentless love. It's about a God who comes after us. He loves you more than you'll ever know. In fact, his love's too big for us to grasp. We live in a broken world where there are going to be consequences. There are going to be tragedies. There's going to be heartbreak. That comes with life in a fallen world. But being angry at God is the wrong person to be angry with. And besides that, he's the only one who can ultimately deliver us from our bitterness. Look, anger and bitterness can destroy a person. Nobody wants to be around angry, bitter people. They destroy a relationship. They rob you of joy and peace. And I'll tell you this, they're destructive to your soul. And that's why the scripture says that we're to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every kind of malice, and rather be kind and compassionate. By the way, there's our word. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, in Christ God has forgiven you. Let me tell you something. One way to get rid of bitterness is to learn how to forgive. And the way you learn how to forgive is you look at Jesus and think about what he has forgiven us of. In fact, we said it. You said it a minute ago. We prayed it in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts. How? How? As we forgive our debtors. That's the one petition in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus had something to say about. But I'll tell you this, it's not until you have an encounter with Jesus, a realistic encounter with Jesus, and you see, your, you see how he has loved you and forgiven you. And because we are a forgiven people, 
We have to learn how to be a forgiving people. Well, where does bitterness and anger come from? Well, it comes out of the heart. That's the basic root problem. It, it goes, it's a heart problem. Jonah had a heart problem. He was bitter in his heart. And this is why the scripture tells us, above all, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I want to get right down to it. When we get bitter and angry, the real problem is our pride and self-interest. Let's face it. I love myself more than I love other people. I love myself even more than I love Jesus. I want my way more than I want anybody else's way, including the Lord's way itself. And see, I have to learn to guard my heart from me, from my selfishness and my pride. This is Jonah's problem. Remember, all along I've told you in Jonah, two major problems, pride and self-righteousness. I know we have to guard our hearts from Satan. He's like a roaring lion who, seeking whoever he can devour. And we've got to have to guard our hearts against the pull of the world. We're not to love the world. But I'm telling you, in most cases, I am my own worst enemy. I am the problem. There has to be a change in the seat of the affections of our hearts. And it's not until you encounter Jesus and the love that Jesus has for you and you experience, you see him, you view him for what he did for you that you fall in love with him and you begin to love him more than you love yourself. And when you do that, you're going to be willing to release anger and bitterness. You're going to be willing to grant forgiveness. Well, what's so amazing to me is to see how patient God was with Jonah. In spite of his bitter heart, God was so patient. He asked him a question. Jonah, have you any right to be angry? Now, you have to remember that Jonah had experienced the consequences of his disobedience. He'd been thrown into the sea. He was doomed to die. But when he cried out, God saved him in an extraordinary way. He appointed a fish that saved him. And Jonah cries out, and God saves him. And God even gives Jonah a second chance to go to Nineveh. And this time, he goes reluctantly and did what God told him to do. Now, here's my point this morning. Jonah had experienced God's mercy and compassion. Do you, you follow this? He's experienced God's mercy and compassion. And yet, when God granted that same mercy and compassion to these other people, Jonah became angry. And that's when God asked him the question, do you have any right to be angry? And look at Jonah's answer. You won't find it. Instead, what does he do? He went out from the city. He made himself a little shelter, a little hut. And he sat there. I'm sure he had his arms crossed. Yeah, he's pouting. He's sitting out there looking, waiting to see what's going to happen to the city. Instead of pouring his wrath out on Jonah that he rightly deserved, God continued to be patient with him. I love this story. He's patient with Jonah. He's patient with the people of Nineveh. And you know what? He's patient with you and me because that is his nature. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Look at those words. I don't know about you, 
but I sure am glad. He is patient with you. Well, God's not finished yet. He's still got to teach Jonah, so he's going to give him an object lesson. Now, let's get the picture here of what's going on. Jonah goes out of the city, right, goes east of it, builds this little hut, this little shelter, and he waited to see what was going to happen to the city. So God goes to work. And the first thing that you read about is in verse 6, then the Lord God provided a vine or a plant and made it grow up over Jonah. I'm convinced it's beginning of kudzu right here. There it was. He made, a, he made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah became very happy. Now, I want you to pick up a couple of things in that verse. Look at the word discomfort for a minute. That word in the Hebrew is normally reserved for some severe kind of affliction. It's almost tongue-in-cheek in the passage here for a severe affliction. That certainly wasn't the case with Jonah. It was self-imposed misery. He could have walked out of it any time he wanted to, but he sat there. And then look at his mood shift. All of a sudden, he's very happy. Boy, talk about a change in mood. Well, things are about to change. Look at the next verse. Verse 7, but at dawn the next day God provided a worm which chewed the vine and it withered. And if that was not enough, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said it would be better for me to die than to live. Just look look how patient God is with him. And so the Lord asked him another question. Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine, about the plant? And then he went on to say, you've been concerned about this vine. You didn't tend it. You didn't make it grow. You weren't the gardener who went out there and planted the seed. You didn't water it. You didn't take care of it. It's here one night and gone the next night. Now here's the bottom line. Jonah cared more about that plant than he did the lost people of Nineveh. That's the punch of the story. I call this the Jonah syndrome. I have a sermon. I have another sermon on Jonah. It's called the Jonah syndrome. I used to preach it at missions conferences often. See, Jonah had misdirected affections. He was being selfish. He was being foolish. And I can't tell you how many times. I've been doing this 45 years of ministry. I can't tell you how many times I have seen people put all of this emotional energy, get all worked up about things that in the scheme of things don't matter. In light of eternity, they're so insignificant. I've seen them get angry. I've seen them become unreasonable and become passionate over these little things And we lose sight of our calling to this world that desperately needs the gospel. But we get hung up on these little things. That's the Jonah syndrome. I preached that sermon at a missions conference at a church in Columbia. And after the service, a lady came up to me and she said, with tears in her eyes, we almost split. This church almost split over a plant. And she went on to tell me how there used to be some plants up in the chancel area and 
they needed the space up here. They took the plants down. Well, it created a major problem in the church. Honestly, I know another church that almost split over the color of carpet. We get all worked up about these things that are so insignificant compared to the huge needs of the world that are right outside these doors. God spare us from that, right? That we would have a heart that is focused on having an impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes this world because the world desperately needs it. You see, Jonah had misplaced affections. And the real issue was his self-love, self-comfort, and self-righteousness. He thought he was superior to other people. And let me tell you something about self-righteous people. They are always, they always have a critical judgmental spirit, always. They find something to be critical about. They find ways to judge other people. That's how they feel better about themselves. And that's exactly what Jonah was doing. He was impatient. He had no compassion for the lost people. Oh, he's passionate about the plant, but he could care less about the lost people of Nineveh. And so this morning I ask you the question, where's your passion? What do you care about most? What do you care about most? Where's your passion? Is it about the gospel? Is it about lost people? Or are we more concerned about our own desires and comforts? One of the problems with evangelical Christianity in this country is that we've become way too comfortable. And I'm going to tell you something. The gospel is not comfortable. We hear so much shallow theology, feel-good theology, But I'm telling you, when the gospel comes to bear upon your life, it has implications for you. In fact, it strikes us at the very core of our being. It stretches us, and it pushes us out of our comfort zones. And you know why? Because when the gospel comes to bear on your life, it brings change. And we resist change. Change is uncomfortable. The gospel is about transformation. It's not about, more, it's not about more education. It's not about knowing more in your head. It's about a changed heart. And I'll tell you this, that's the power of the gospel. Well, I told you that this book had a surprise ending. It ends with this unanswered question from God. And God says to Jonah, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. And he says, should I not be concerned about that great city? One more time, remember what's happened to Jonah. He was the recipient of God's saving mercy and compassion. He had been delivered from death. But when it came to certain people, he became angry when God granted that same mercy and compassion to them. What about you? Because of the way the book ends, we are invited to give our own answer to that question. Are we harboring bitterness in our hearts? Are we more concerned 
about our comforts and traditions and desires? Do we look down our spiritual noses on people who are different from us? The final chapter of the book says that the mark of those who have been impacted by the gospel is compassion and love, not contempt and disdain. But let me tell you this. God did not simply give lip service to his love and compassion. He acted. He came down and took upon himself human form. He walked among us. He wept over us. And he acted to deliver us from our sin and misery. Look at Jesus. I'll tell you what. When Jesus was in his ministry, he had eyes of compassion. This is what Matthew said about him. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And motivated by his compassion, Jesus entered into this broken world and he suffered and he died for sinful people like us. You see, that's the compassion of our Savior. And you and I have been called to be a people of compassion. We're called to have the mind and heart of Christ. Claire prayed it. Our hearts need to be broken with the things that break Christ's heart. Now let me tell you the amazing thing about this book to me. Is that Jonah told the story about himself. He had to be the one who told it. And that gives me hope for Jonah. Because I think God eventually got his attention. I don't believe I'd tell this story about me if it hadn't had some kind of impact on my life, would you? I don't think there's anything to brag about. I think Jonah told the story because it impacted his life. I think he was a changed man. He knew about the gracious and compassionate character of God, but you know what? He came to experience it. And by the way, those are two different things to know about and to experience. I, I believe that God finally got his attention. And hopefully, Jonah became a compassionate follower of the Lord. Perhaps he learned that his heart needed to be broken with the things that break the heart of the Lord. Now, here's, here's my big question this morning. You know, as I've taken you through this book, we have looked at all these different attributes of God. But here's the question this morning as we end this series. Here's the question. This is the big question of the morning. But what have you learned about yourself in this book? This morning early, I sat down. I took a little yellow sticky. And I prayed and I said, okay, God, I want to look at my life. I want to look at me. Show me the Jonah in me. I started writing down things. I get angry at times. I can be hard-headed and stubborn, proud, selfish, oh, self-righteous, sure that one. Have misdirected affections, 
unguarded heart, lack of compassion. I don't know about you. I'm pretty convicted by this book. But here's the good news. When we come to grips with the realities of our lives and our own fallenness, when we come to grips with that and we're honest about it, and we go to God in repentance, he is a gracious and compassionate God who is patient and kind, forgiving and merciful. And if you want to see all of those attributes of God come together, they come together in the cross. When Jesus Christ, God himself, comes to this earth, takes upon himself human form, and he suffers and he goes to that cross, and there on the cross, that's the greatest expression of love and mercy and justice and compassion that the world has ever been given. You see, it brings us to that point when we see him and we bow before his majesty and his beauty and his love. And when that happens, you know what? There's going to be a change in your heart. You're going to have a heart that's filled with compassion toward other, person, other people. A heart that is broken over the things that break God's heart. You see, that's the story of Jonah. There's a little bit of Jonah, some cases a lot of Jonah, in all of us. But there is this compassionate and gracious God who loves us with a relentless love, who comes after us and who changes us from the inside out. He changes our hearts so that our hearts can be broken with the things that break God's heart. Let us pray. Lord, that is our sincere prayer this morning. Help us to see our own selfishness, our selfish tendencies, our self-righteousness. Help us to be honest and to realize that we are the problem. But you've given us an answer. And the answer is your compassion and mercy that is evident in your son, Jesus. May we look unto him this morning and find forgiveness and love and peace and comfort. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And we make this prayer in your precious, precious name. Amen.